are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Friday, March 12th edition of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, director of scouting at the Draft Network, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, and... One sick puppy, because here I am, this started out as a seven-round mock draft, and it turned into free agency predictions, bold predictions. I have no inside information here, but trying to fit the pieces of the puzzle together for what the Dolphins are looking for, what the Dolphins need in free agency, economics-wise, scheme-wise, talent-wise, pick six or seven free agents to sign did a seven-round mock draft, and cherry on top, I did a 53-man roster projection on March 12th. So that tells you a little something about uh, what you're in for on today's episode of Locked On Dolphins. I'm anticipating half of you guys are going to hate it, half of you guys are going to love it, and half of you guys are going to like it. Also not a math guy, if you guys couldn't tell. But anyway, uh, wanted to kind of go through the full gauntlet. This is uh, this is the last day that we're going to do the show before there are ramifications that will change what this roster looks like significantly because Monday is the start of the quote-unquote legal tampering period for free agency that opens on Wednesday. You will have deals that are agreed upon on Monday. They won't be signed until Wednesday, but deals that are agreed upon nonetheless. And the Dolphins, if they are as selectively as aggressive as we anticipate they're going to be, we're probably going to see a number of deals agreed upon in the legal tampering period for the Miami Dolphins. So I wanted to make sure I got the full offseason experience Uh, We've kind of been systemically working through individual players, the cap situation, the draft situation. There's a lot to get into, and that's what we're going to do today on the show. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, So this in written form is built out over at uh, Dolphins Wire. I did seven-round mock with free agent predictions. I did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven free agent signings. We did the seven-round mock draft, and then, of course, the 53-man roster projection at the very end. What we're going to do today is it's it's kind of walking through verbally uh, the decision-making process and and the players I picked and what kind of contracts I think they'll sign, and we'll get to the end of the rainbow, and you guys can tell me what you think. I'm at Grinding the Tape on Twitter, or you can reach the podcast at LockedOnFins with a PH. I did use uh, the Draft Network mock draft machine for the seven-round mock draft, taking advantage of uh, the opportunity to do a full simulation. And the players that I picked were based on the players that were available on the board with each selection. So I'm not just pulling these names out of a hat. We did a simulation, and the players that were available were the players I got to choose from. But we'll start with free agency. Because, of course, the tampering period opens on Monday couple of headliners. Do have the Dolphins signing running back Aaron Jones from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I don't think he's going to get the dollar amount that he wanted, and I think that's why that makes it a possibility that the Dolphins could sign him. If he landed 
hypothetically, four years, $34 million, which is $8.5 million per season. That would make Aaron Jones the eighth highest paid running back in the NFL. And uh, if you're hitting free agency as a running back, you're not getting the dollar amounts that players who get contract extensions with their current teams get. It's just kind of the way it works. I mean, you look at the top seven names. It's Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook and Saquon Barkley, who's on a rookie contract still as the top three pick at the running back position. Ezekiel Elliott, Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry. Those are the top names at the running back position as far as annual average salary. Uh, Melvin Gordon signed a two-year $16 million deal with the Broncos last offseason. I do think Aaron Jones, based on what we saw the Dolphins have materialized with Miles Gaskin, Aaron Jones is a more dynamic, more accomplished, more polished version of Miles Gaskin. And if you put Miles Gaskin in the backup role behind him, all of a sudden I really, really like what the Dolphins have with their primary back. Kind of a three-down back. He's not a banger or a bruiser, and we talk about Najee Harris, and we talk about Javante Williams, and we talked about what they were looking for in Jordan Howard. What they were looking for versus what they actually got, uh, the player that was Miles Gaskin was appealing because he didn't tip your hand in anything that you wanted to do. So three, four years, $34 million, 8.5 annual average salary per season. Uh, it's a, a fairly digestible number for a back who is going to get a ton of touches for the Dolphins' offense. I like the addition because it frees you up for more flexibility to use your premier picks on premier positions in the NFL draft and have those players for four or five years on more team-friendly economic contracts. There's been plenty of reports that the Dolphins are looking for a high-profile free agent signing at the wide receiver position. Kenny Galladay's been a name that's been tagged to the Dolphins as of this past week. We did a whole podcast on it uh, earlier in the week. I have a feeling because of the franchise tags for Chris Godwin and Allen Robinson that you're probably going to see Kenny Galladay get priced out from what the Dolphins would like to spend. Brian Flores yesterday talked about uh, you can't always get what you want. If Kenny Galladay's getting $18 million plus per season, which I could see a team like the New York Jets who are just desperate to add wide receivers to the depth chart because they don't have anything there and they're going to be bringing in a young quarterback, Miami would be wise to throw your hands up, walk away, and say, yeah, no thanks, but no thanks. So which wide receiver, because I am going to give them a wide receiver in free agency, I think it would be irresponsible to go with a developing player quarterback with a, de- a bunch of developing pieces that aren't experienced. I settled on Juju Smith-Schuster, and I I don't love it. But again, Brian Flores, you can't always get what you want. Guestimation for a contract for Juju uh, is somewhere around $13 million annual average salary. So if that's five years, it's $65 million. If it's four years, uh, it's $52 million. Smith-Schuster averaged 8.6 yards per catch last season in an offense that was dealing with a pop-gun arm and Ben Roethlisberger had to get the ball out quickly. They could not run the football. But he did have a career-high in touchdown receptions with nine. So Smith-Schuster, obviously, he shined opposite of Antonio Brown. This is a healthy contract for him. Uh, but I do think stylistically he's a fit for Miami and that he is physical. Uh, he can create after the catch. He can line up outside. He can line up inside. He doesn't have the height of Preston Williams, uh, but he does have plenty of physicality. 
Uh, he does have plenty of route running acumen, so I do think that that is an opportunity for an upgrade for Miami. And he's a proven player with the ball in his hands, and he's a proven player down inside the red zone. That's it for big money contracts for the Dolphins. Juju Smith-Schuster and Aaron Jones are the two that I settled on. Devon Godshall ended up deciding, you know, we, we can make this thing work if we're getting around $3 million or so per season, or a rough figure. You look at the interior defensive line free agent class, and there's a lot of players who can do the exact same thing Devon Godshall does. And if you're Miami in that case, and you can get a, a team-friendly contract, bring him back. Same thought process applies to Elan and Roberts. Of course, he saw the light bulb come on as a run defender between the tackles before an injury cut his season short. Uh, I have him two-year, $4 million short-term deal, a couple million dollars per. Also bringing back Matt Hawk at punter. So three retained free agents for Miami in this projection. I'm sure they'll sign more than that and be a little bit more active than that. The Dolphins, I'm giving them a backup quarterback in free agency. I don't love this one either. It's a one-year deal, and it's because it is another short-term stopgap player. Uh, I don't think the Dolphins, if they're going to sign Juju Smith-Schuster, they're going to sign Aaron Jones, I don't think you're going to be in the market for these backup quarterbacks that are getting 5 to $7 million annual average salary. You need somebody who's a little cheaper than that. I settled on Colt McCoy uh, of the New York Giants. McCoy's been around the block plenty. Uh, he's seen plenty. He's not a threat to Tua Tonga-Valoa as far as you know uh, some of the awkward locker room dynamics that were in play uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick with two years of sweat equity with the Dolphins and all of his success. Bit of a mentor. One year, this is probably between a 2 and $3 million contract for a backup quarterback for one year. Hopefully Tua Tonga-Valoa gets a little bit more experience in 2021, and then you feel more comfortable going with a young quarterback behind him. But I do think it's important for Miami to continue with a mentorship opportunity while Tua is still impressionable. He's only started nine games. The last signing that I had, I'm projecting, it's a spe- primarily a special teams addition, but uh, I like this ad. It's Jalen Reeves-Maben, a linebacker from the Detroit Lions. Uh, he's logged over 1,100 special team snaps over the last four years after being a fourth-round pick for Detroit back in 2017. He's not overly big. He's like six foot, six one, 230 pounds. He's athletic. Uh, he's not great in pass coverage. But the Dolphins, they need bodies in linebacker position. And, and you want to give yourself a little bit of a contingency plan where, you know, depending on how the draft were to fall, and I did pick the free agents beforehand, uh, Miami losing Camus Gruger-Hill, Miami losing potentially Elana Roberts, although I have them bringing him back. Vince Beagle. And Miami just needs to get better there in general. Adding another linebacker on a, a cheap contract, probably another short-term deal, because you'll see more short-term deals with the cap regression this year and players wanting to get back into the free agent pool sooner rather than later. I like Reeves Maben. Obviously, him playing in Detroit for Matt Patricia gives you a little bit of a, a correlation to how it would work within a Dolphins, Brian Flores, Bill Belichickian-style defense. I'm ready to get on board with Jalen Reeves-Maven. So those are the seven key free agent signings that I acknowledged. I'm sure they'll go with more than that. 
but for, for players that I'm anticipating will, will be significant signings for the Dolphins, I settled on seven. Aaron Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster, Devon Godchow, Elan and Roberts, Colt McCoy, Matt Hawk, Jalen Reeves-Maven. What that does is it allows us to set the table for the seven-round mock draft, and then on the heels of that, our 53 are way too early. 53-man roster projection based on this simulation of the Dolphins offseason. If you're looking to place some sports bets this offseason, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The football season may be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, television shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds and is the best way to place your bets. Plus, it is free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code Locked On. We here at the Locked On Network have been pounding the table for Built Bar, the top of the draft protein bar, for quite some time now. Built Bar is an amazing low-calorie bar with low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and 100% chocolate on all of their bars. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best, courtesy of Built Bar Madness. Built Bar is putting on a uh, March Madness-style bracket for all of their flavors, and today's matchup features one of my personal favorites, cookies and cream. Be my one seed, if we're being completely honest. It is amazing, amazingly addictive. Uh, so if you want to vote throughout the bracket, or if you want to get yourself some Built Bar for yourself, go to BuiltBar.com or visit Built underscore Bar on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. Seven-round mock draft time for the Miami Dolphins, courtesy of yours truly and the Draft Network Mock Draft Machine. And one of the perks of working at TDN, uh, all the premium features come with your employment. And, and as such, I have opportunity to make some trades and wheel and deal. So I called up the Carolina Panthers. It feels inevitable that Carolina, in their desperation to find a starting quarterback for the long term, a franchise quarterback, somebody to energize the fan base there, they're going to be in the market. And if they have the opportunity to get up in front of a division rival in Atlanta to pick their quarterback of choice after the top two picks are off the board, this feels destined to happen. Is it going to happen? It's going to depend on their ability to come to an agreement on what, what kind of price it's going to cost. But it would benefit the Dolphins to trade out of three and continue to kick uh, their, their extra assets down the road. So I settled on trading back from number three overall to number eight overall with the Carolina Panthers. And I received picks eight, 39, 151, which is a fifth round pick, and a 2022 first round selection. So a one, a two, a five, and a one to move back five spots for Carolina, who is moving up, trading up to acquire a quarterback. Remember, all of the picks that I am making 
are based on who is available at the time of the selection. So when I get to eight and I see the run all wide receiver happens, I'm a little bummed. Yeah. I don't love it. But at the same time, the way that it fell is Carolina moves up the draft a quarterback, and then the Falcons actually take paid on a Sewell. And then you see three wide receivers consecutively come off the board with Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, and Devontae Smith to Cincinnati, Philadelphia, and the Detroit Lions. But no worries, because Miami in this scenario ends up drafting pass catcher. I'm going to call him a pass catcher. Kyle Pitts out of the University of Florida. This is six foot six, 240-pound pass catcher who plays tight end. He's capable of playing with his hand in the dirt. He's not dominant there. But he can also go line up in one-on-ones, and I think he gets off press coverage better than Jamar Chase does, if we're being completely honest, based on the last time we saw Jamar Chase. Dolphins, two tight end sets. That is the future of the NFL for the mismatches that you can afford, and he has the most phenomenal catch radius uh, I've seen from a player of this stature, this side of, like, Darren Waller. And, and the comps to Darren Waller are appropriate, and uh, Dolphins fans found out the hard way just how good Darren Waller can be in Week 16 this past year. So what this is inevitably going to do, this is a best player available pick. Uh, it also fills a position in need as a pass catcher, and this is why we're thankful that we went out and we did sign Juju Smith-Schuster. Because now you can go two tight end sets with Pitts and Gusecki simultaneously on the field. You also, in the back of your mind, have to ask yourself what you're willing to pay Gusecki on a contract extension. He's earned it, but the financials are going to be complicated because of the cap reduction and how big of a jump do you get into 2022. If you see this massive acceleration in cap, then the Dolphins are going to be fine. They can continue to roll with it. But Pitts is more fluid than Gusecki, and that's why I am on board because I think you can play him at wide receiver, you can play him in the slot, you can play him with his hand in the dirt, you can move him all over the place, and he's going to win matchups against linebacker safeties and corners alike. Number 18. I ended up settling on offensive tackle. That's right, an offensive lineman. Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. You turn on the tape of this dude, and you will find out why I picked him for the Dolphins in that he is absolutely, positively a brand pick for the Dolphins with just how much of a mauler he is in the run game, how tenacious he is. This dude is mean. And I fell in love when I watched the tape. Yes, the Dolphins made the seventh-round pick swap with Tennessee to bring Isaiah Wilson into the picture. But I'm not banking on Isaiah Wilson giving anything of value to the Dolphins until he proves he's able to get his life in order off the football field and he can get focused and he can be a professional and, and get some structure and direction in his life off the field. And you're not going to get any clarity on that between now and the draft. So this is a low-risk lottery ticket that the Dolphins are effectively buying in Isaiah Wilson, but he's not preventing me from making additional upgrades along the offensive line. And then if he hits, then we can have the conversation about, okay, do you want to play him at left tackle with Austin Jackson? Uh, do you want to move Tevin Jenkins inside to guard because he's more dynamic than, than what Solomon Kinley could be? And then Robert Hunt, where does he play at either guard or tackle? All about finding the best combination of five players. Tevin Jenkins, whether he plays at guard or tackle, if he plays at right tackle, which is what I'm drafting him to play at 18, now you've used the number 18 pick 
in consecutive drafts on Austin Jackson and Tevin Jenkins. Robert Hunt can kick inside to guard. Then you can move Solomon Kinley over to left guard, bump Eric Flowers out of the starting lineup. You're getting better at multiple spots along the offensive line. That's why I was so excited about that pick. In the second round, remember, we now have three picks because we traded back with Carolina, so we picked up 39 when we already had the Texans pick at 36 and 50 overall. 36 overall ended up being Ohio State linebacker Baron Browning. This is the player to fill the Kyle Van Noy role. He's longer. He's more explosive. He's better in pass coverage than Kyle Van Noy. He's not as cerebral. He's not as polished. But the Dolphins worked up close in personal with Baron Browning for a week at the Senior Bowl. I expect that's going to be a big factor for some of these players that the Dolphins end up choosing. The impression you can leave over the course of a week at the Senior Bowl in this offseason climate shouldn't be overlooked. So Browning, elite physical tools, versatility, Ohio State played him at Mike, Sam, and Will. He's elite in zone coverage drops. And they used him as a pressure player and walked him up on the edge. Higher ceiling version of Kyle Van Noy. Baron Browning at 36. I love this pick. This is a Dolphins pick. 39. Here's where you're looking for rack guys. You're looking for speed guys and the wide receivers. How about Elijah Moore from Ole Miss? He had a massive breakout season in 2020. Ton of explosive plays. Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm anticipating, is going to push like Preston Williams on the depth chart. Elijah Moore can push Jakeem Grant. Uh, He is lightning quick. He is very quick laterally and with his linear release off the line of scrimmage. He wins down the field. He also wins in short spaces with the ball in his hands. So Miami, remember throughout the course of the offseason, we've talked about the different subsections of the wide receiver room. This is why I'm comfortable with signing Juju Smith-Schuster and using a top 40 pick on a wide receiver. They're within different subsections of that wide receiver room. And at 50, you already know I'm drafting Landon Dickerson. I've talked about how this is the guy I would love to come away with. His chemistry with Tua Tagovailoa, his experience with Tua Tagovailoa, their, their work together and identifying fronts, calling protections should not be overlooked. Little bit of a risk because of the injury and durability questions. But Dickerson, from an IQ perspective, is top shelf. From a physicality perspective, is top shelf. He meets the Dolphins' requirements for his size and his ability to reset the line of scrimmage and gain ground vertically, climbing up onto the second level off of double teams. So you've got two more investments in the top 50 in this year's class between Tevin Jenkins and Landon Dickerson. You combine that with Solomon Kinley, Robert Hunt, and Austin Jackson— And there will be some growing pains. But this Dolphins offensive line, for lack of better words, excuse my French, has the physical potential to kick your ass every single week. And that's what we want out of an offensive line. That's what we've been lacking for so long from the Dolphins offensive line. So quick summary, the first five picks after the trade back with Carolina that netted 8-39-151 and a future two in 2022 – Tight end Kyle Pitts, Florida, offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State, linebacker Baron Browning, Ohio State, wide receiver Elijah Moore, Ole Miss, and center Landon Dickerson, Alabama. 
RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for your classic or daily driver, and you're looking for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Number 81 overall, third round. Last pick in the top 100 in this simulation. If you thought the offensive line investments were overkill, please forgive me, but I'm drafting a corner. (laughs) I'm drafting Elijah Molden from Washington, University of Washington Huskies. We did him in cross-checks this past week uh, at TDM with the scouting staff. We have two former NFL scouts on staff between Dre Harris and Brentley Weissman. We have myself and Joe Marino, the draft dudes. And we have Jordan Reed. We have a great group. And we also have two current NFL players serving as externs uh, that are scouting players with us this offseason. So we have a, a collection of five TDN employees and two NFL players watching tape on all these prospects and talking about them, having conversations, daily dialogues. When we did the cross-checks on Elijah Moulton, I said, this is, this is Brian. Brian Flores should be, I would anticipate, head over heels for what Moulton can bring. Early downs and base sets, you got a little bit of safety play out of him. I don't think he has the range to play there. But you think about you know, Nick Needham was a UDFA for reasons because athletically he wasn't to the degree in which so many of the other athletes in the Dolphins secondary are. Moulton is much more instinctual. He's less panicky. He doesn't grab. He doesn't draw yellow hankies to the degree that Nick Needham does. And I understand the Dolphins exercised a a restricted free agent tender on Nick Needham, just like they did with Jamal Perry. Uh, But that moves those players into a more preferable role as depth players and special teams contributors. And you let Molden take those nickel reps. Uh, This is a player who isn't going to beat you up physically He's because he's not a big body. Uh, but he sees the field so well, and he's so anticipatory. He's instinctual. He's an active communicator. All of those boxes being checked make this kind of an ideal nickel roll. And when we did the defensive punch list, and we talked about where the Dolphins need to get better defensively, we said designated pass rusher, linebacker, Coverage linebacker. Well, we got that in Baron Browning, and now we got Elijah Molden and Nickel to take over for, for Nick Needham. In the fourth round, I'm going back to the wide receiver well. 123 overall. Daz Newsom, wide receiver, North Carolina. You watch this North Carolina offense, and they had some dudes. And we're going to find out in 2021 whether quarterback Sam Howell, who's a presumed first-round pick, is the byproduct of his own physical talents or the fact that he was throwing to Diami Brown, Daz Newsom, had Javante Williams and Michael Carter in the, background, or in the backfield. 
North Carolina was loaded from a skill player's position, and Daz Newsom is another kind of shifty slot. He wins vertically down the field. North Carolina really pushed the ball vertically in 2020. Uh, so he's a little bit of a down-the-field kind of guy. He's a little bit of an over-the-field slot type. Uh, he's not as physical as some of the other, like Juju Smith-Schuster. But when you think about now the infusion of talent that you have in pass catchers, you brought in Kyle Pitts and Juju Smith-Schuster. Both of those guys can win physical. And then you brought in two guys in Elijah Molden and Daz Newsom, who are capable of winning with speed, agility, finesse, short spaces with the ball in their hands. It was too good of a value to pass up. This Daz Newsom should be the guy who's pushing like Alan Hearns, Isaiah Ford, Albert Wilson on the depth chart. If Smith-Schuster's pushing Preston Williams and Elijah Moore is pushing Jakeem Grant, Daz Newsom should be pushing Hearns and Ford off the roster. Make them expendable players. And that's the whole goal. I'm, I'm here for a free agent signing as an experienced player and a double dip. We got 151, courtesy of the trade back with Carolina. Going with another senior bowl guy. Ramondre Stevenson, running back Oklahoma. Yes, you signed Aaron Jones, but this is the appeal of signing Aaron Jones. You don't have to draft a top 100 running back now. You can get one at 151, and Stevenson is uh, one of the better pass blockers. He can serve as the Jamal Williams to Aaron Jones's Aaron Jones in Green Bay. They kind of had like a thunder and lightning dynamic. Jones was the primary ball carrier. He was the featured player. But short yardage between the tackles, uh, when you got to have it down near the goal line. Jamal Williams had a role in that Green Bay backfield. Stevenson can do the same. And we'll get into what players end up making a 53-man roster, but I think Stevenson certainly has a role to play as a different kind of skill set. And because he played at Oklahoma, he's going to be used to what the Dolphins are I'm anticipating doing as far as spacing the field. The last pick comes at 2.05. And I'm going, you guessed it, with another senior bowl guy. Joshua Bledsoe from Missouri. Uh, he's a safety. If we're going to see Clayton Fejlum get cut for a little bit of cap savings, Bledsoe is kind of a nickel safety hybrid type He's better in coverage than he is in run support, and I think that's an important distinguishment to make because you have Brandon Jones on the roster who I think is better in the box as a hybrid safety than he is somebody who's going to be playing a lot of coverage in man-to-man. Uh, Bledsoe at the Senior Bowl didn't really showcase. He was, I thought, really impressive in 2019. Uh Maybe not the standout athlete that you're, you would hope for for a safety who's going to play in space a lot in deep coverages, but Missouri used him a lot in the nickel. So you get nickel dime packages, you get scheme flexibility. He's drafted, make no mistake, as primarily a special teams guy at this point in time. But I think his versatility will move the needle for the Dolphins. So in summary, we're going to do all the picks that were made, we're going to do all the free agent summary, and then we're going to read through the 53-man roster projection. We're going to get the hell out of here. You guys are going to have a great weekend, and we're going to hit the ground running on Monday. Free agent signings, key projected free agent signings, total guess, just kind of reading the tea leaves, trying to look for players that fit what Miami's trying to do. Running back Aaron Jones, wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, interior defensive lineman Devon Godshall, linebacker Elena Roberts, quarterback Colt McCoy, punter Matt Hawk, linebacker Jalen Reeves-Mayun in free agency. 
trading from three to eight and picking up 39-151 in a future one with Carolina. Drafting Kyle Pitts. We had a run on all three wide receivers in front of us in the trade back. Offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State. Those are for two first-round picks. Second round, linebacker Baron Browning from Ohio State. 39, courtesy of Carolina, wide receiver Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. Center Landon Dickerson at 50 from Alabama. The third round, we had Elijah Molden, nickel corner from University of Washington. Fourth round, North Carolina wide receiver Daz Newsom. Fifth round, courtesy of the trade back with Carolina, running back Ramondre Stevenson. And in the sixth round, safety Joshua Bledsoe. You ready? Buckle in. We weren't supposed to have a 53-man roster projection to go with this, but I got through everything else, and I said, what the hell? We might as well. So 53-man roster projection. Three quarterbacks. Tua Tagovailoa, Colt McCoy, and Reed Sinnott. Four running backs. Aaron Jones added in free agency. Miles Gaskin. Ramondre Stevenson added in the fifth round. And Savan Ahmed. So four backs we're going to carry with us. Seven wide receivers, Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster, Elijah Moore drafted in the second round, Preston Williams, Lynn Bowden Jr., Daz Newsom drafted in the fourth round, and Jakeem Grant, primarily for his special teams ability. Four tight ends, Mike Gusecki, Kyle Pitts as a top 10 pick, Durham Smythe, Adam Shaheen, so you still have players that can play with their hand in the dirt. Eight offensive linemen. Here's our starting five. Austin Jackson, Tevin Jenkins, Robert Hunt, Landon Dickerson, Solomon Kinley, and your backups, you have Jesse Davis, who could play four spots other than center, Eric Flowers, because financially speaking, it's going to be hard to move him, and Michael Dieter, who can play all three interior spots, including center. Defensively, four edge defenders, Emmanuel Agba, Andrew Van Ginkle as a hybrid linebacker, Shaq Lawson, and Jason Strobridge. Four interior defensive linemen, rotationally, Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, Zach Sealer, Devon Gottschall, brought back in free agency. Three outside linebackers, Baron Browning, Sam McGuavin, Jalen Reeves-Maven, brought in in free agency on a cheap deal. Three stacked linebackers, Jerome Baker, Elandon Roberts, re-signed in free agency in this scenario and Calvin Munson. Six corners, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Noah Igbenogany, Elijah Molden, Nick Needham, Jamal Perry. Four safeties, Bobby McCain, Eric Rowe, Brandon Jones, Joshua Bledsoe, sixth round pick, and three specialists, Jason Sanders, Matt Hawk, and Blake Ferguson. Give you quick, very surface level reactions here. Uh, defensively, I tried to continue to give the Dolphins a ton of defensive backs. Remember, and this was a criticism that I had of the Cleveland Browns roster coming into the season and a number of other rosters across the league. Well, I don't really love what they have at linebacker. The game is played so much in nickel. I don't really need a bunch of three down. I don't need three three down stack linebackers to be able to work with in base formations. So depending on your down and distance, you know, you get Van Ginkle, and he can line up at linebacker if you need him to. Baron Browning, Jerome Baker, you're in early downs. He landed Roberts if he's healthy. Do I wish we got maybe a little bit more dynamics out of that group? Yes, but 
quoting Brian Flores in Thursday's press conference, can't always get what you want. We're going to have to be a little selective here. There's only so many investment opportunities we're going to have as a team. So in this scenario with my forecasted free agency and draft seven-round mock, the primary additions defensively are Baron Browning in the draft and Elijah Molden in the draft, a second and third-round draft choice invested there. Offensively, the wide receiver room has one, two, three new names, Juju Smith-Schuster, Elijah Moore, and Daz Newsom, plus Kyle Pitts. Offensive line, I really like the potential of Jackson, Jenkins, Hunt, Dickerson, and Kinley. From left to right, it would, in my version of reality at this point in time, go Jackson, Kinley, Dickerson, Hunt, Jenkins. This way you're also avoiding playing two rookies side-by-side, which was a big sticking point for Miami at certain points last year. You also have Aaron Jones, more dynamic version, taking over the same role that Miles Gaskin had, and Gaskin averaged almost 100 yards from scrimmage per game in 10 games this past year. Primary additions offensively, Aaron Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster, Elijah Moore, and Kyle Pitts, plus Tevin Jenkins and Landon Dickerson on the offensive line. Will there be some growing pains here? Yes, but I think that's why it's important that your two premier free agent signings are experienced offensive weapons. So that way you don't have a developing player at quarterback with developing pieces around him. I hope you guys enjoyed. This turned into a big Galaxy Brain podcast. Uh, the written version of this is over at Dolphins Wire. If you're interested in seeing it in writing and you want to see uh, everything in the flesh for this way too early projection for the Dolphins for 2021, And we won't have to wait much longer to find out and get some real answers because free agency, legal tampering period, which is one of the dumbest concepts of all time, but that's a story for another day. Legal tampering and negotiations begin on Monday. I'm Kyle Krabs. Hope you guys enjoyed this edition of Locked On Dolphins. Keep it locked in all off-season long, all summer long, all season long, right here on Locked On Dolphins. Talk to you guys on Monday. Thanks for listening.